Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for staying, thanks for tuning, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the food space. I can't even wait for you to meet a new friend, David Jakubowicz. He is the co-founder of Nebula Snacks. You're going to love this uh, today. I can't even wait to dive in. Um, David, so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Perfect, man. I, I'm glad you're here. It's so fun uh, connecting with you. I had a lot of fun learning about you and your brand before today. Um, can't wait to tell the story to our listeners. Um, let's do this first. How about share a bit about you? I know you launched the business about two years <clears throat> ago. So talk about what you were doing before launching Nebula Snacks. Yeah. So we, we launched uh, November 2021. But before that, I was working in digital marketing. So my background is social media ads. Uh, and over the course of the last five years prior to uh, Nebula, uh, I was working at Facebook and TikTok. I spent four years at Facebook. I was working as an account manager for the e-commerce team and then a client solutions manager for the disruptors team, wow. where my job on a day-to-day basis was helping businesses market their product on social media. So I was essentially what I like to say, a, a platform side consultant. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Probably great, a great background to have when you come and build a new brand, right? Because if, uh, a lot of new food and beverage brands especially are growing through using interesting marketing techniques, right? Absolutely. It's incredible experience to have had. I helped a lot of actual CPG uh, oriented brands during my time at Facebook. You know, one of those was was Magic Spoon, which just ah. recently secured eighty five million in funding, which is pretty That's incredible. So I love I love their founding team. Yeah, yeah, I've connected with them a couple of times. It's funny you bring them up. Um, very very cool. So let's fast forward a bit. How did you decide to launch your own business in the food space? And give us some of the story behind the idea here. Yeah, it's it's a fun story. So come COVID uh, pandemic quarantine early days. Uh, I had just moved to New York for a new job at Facebook. That's when I transitioned into that disruptors role. Um, but I arrived February 29th, 2020 to the city, which was not the uh, the best time to get to New York City because a week later it was quarantine. Right. I got stuck in an apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the best time to, to move to the big city. Right. Um, so uh, in order to start passing the time, I was stuck inside. I had one little tiny window apartment on the first floor of a Greenwich Village apartment. I, I got back into video games. I was oh. a big gamer in high school. And I started gaming again with a group of guys from across the country just to pass the time because we were all stuck inside. And one particular night, I was playing with uh, my co-founder today, Matt, uh, and we were snacking away all night like <laughs> uh, throughout the entire Random night. food? Uh, I was... I was, I was uh, Truthfully, that night in particular, I was pounding those uh, Hershey's mini miniatures oh, assortment yeah. bag. That's nice. You know those little those little chocolates. Yeah. And over the course of the night, I looked at the nutrition facts, and I see <laughs> I'm I'm having a uh, hundred grams of sugar in five pieces or ten pieces of chocolate, and I'm popping them into my can into my mouth like they're they're little pop rocks, like no problem at all. Right. Uh, and we joked that night. We're like, what if we started a company that had better snacks for you for these types of moments when you wanted to chow down or munch? Uh, just something delicious that didn't have the the bad ingredients in it that weighed you down. That's, I love so that. That's idea. where it started. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's where it started. We, okay. we joked about it that night. 
transparently. But it's one thing to have the idea, especially around a food product, but that's another to actually do something with it and act on it. So like, how did you guys take the first steps? Because again, you didn't have background in food industry while you'd done some marketing work around it. But like, what were the first things you guys started to investigate? Yeah. So the first things, I like to say, we joked that night, but we laughed our way into filing an LLC because over the course of the next couple of weeks, we, we started bringing it up more and more. And the research then started, what product would we want to make? What ingredients would we want to use? What sweeteners would we use instead of sugar? Because that was the main you know, um, goal is to take the sugar out of the snacks that we love to eat. Sure. And like I said, I worked with companies like Magic Spoon who use monk fruit and allulose in their uh, proprietary sweetener blend. So I was familiar with the space. Uh, and I've been somebody who's, uh, you know, tried to try to be very conscious of my food intake for a sure. very long time. I grew up except for a, when you're gaming child except for when you're gaming. except for when i'm gaming because <laughs> right. you got you got to get into it you right. got to get into it you're not you're not going to win in, in war zone unless you get some good snacks alongside the you. war zone so oh my god yeah um but yeah started doing ingredients uh research and then uh, legitimately i bought chocolate molds and chocolate uh for my kitchen and i melted it down i started concocting all different bars and truffles uh in my own kitchen that was where it started wow uh, a couple of months later uh, after we kind of figured out what ingredients we wanted to use, uh, we worked with a chocolatier to bring the recipe to life. Wow. Uh, and then find a co-manufacturer. And that whole process, which kicked off in the summer of 2020, took about a year and a half. Uh, okay. Yeah. You just sped through like a bunch of things I'm going to ask you about. <laughs> you made <laughs> yeah, it sound so yeah, simple. Yeah. Okay. So no, you, not very you, simple. you decide to start getting ingredients and making them in your kitchen. I love that. And we actually have had many entrepreneurs on that literally started making XYZ in the kitchen and then it became commercial. So one thing to make something at home that you think tastes good. Um, how did you go from that to actually, you know, figuring out like, how do you manufacture something that's saleable? Like who helped you with that? Or did you have to figure that out too? Yes. So our, our chocolate, our chocolate, our sorry, uh, also operated as our food scientist. Uh, and we were able to ensure that the ingredients that we slightly altered from my recipe that I had created in my kitchen were suitable for a production line and can actually sustain and have a shelf life. Got it. And so how did you find the chocolatier? Google. <laughs> no way. <laughs> right? that's, that's it. Yeah. And and I think I probably emailed uh, oh 20, to th- 20 to 30 different food scientists, had conversations yeah. with a number of others. Uh, and it came down to this individual in particular being an expert in chocolate and had recently experimented a lot with sugar-free chocolate. Sure. Uh, so at the time, actually, there was no other allulose-based or allulose and monk fruit-based chocolate on the market. Wow. Uh, so we were incredibly excited because it was a new innovation uh, at the time to use this sweetener blend because you know the other sugar-free chocolates in the space uh, use stevia or erythritol or maltitol, which are sugar alcohols. And stevia is a, is a, is a natural-based sweetener, but there's a lot of uh, regards in the yeah. market space of like that poor aftertaste or, or something happening or having like a uncomfortable stomach after eating it. Totally. So um, you have a chocolatier slash uh, food scientist help you with the, the mix. How about getting it made like packaging and things that go around the product like how did you sort that out and how did you find a place that you could actually make this product yeah you know i should actually back up uh, a second because the chocolatier process was was long um we we went with an initial idea so transparently the first concept that we wanted to do was not chocolate bars 
we wanted to do these chocolate truffles with uh, air in them. Interesting. Um, so they would have like pockets of air inside. In the middle. And they would That's kind of cool. Kind of aerated, right? And that kind of means well to the space vibe that we were thinking about uh, and kind of that weightless snacking that we uh, ultimately wanted to accomplish. Got it. Um, but the machine, in order to make that, was quoted to me by my chocolatier and his fellow co-manufacturers uh, as half a, half a billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, half a million dollars. $500,000 to, right. uh, to get that but, machine. But yeah, and we don't have that money. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, exactly. you know, one day that would be great. Right. Uh, but today, not so much. So yeah. we ended up having to really think hard as to what format we wanted to launch the chocolate because we had two flavors. We had the oat milk chocolate and the dark chocolate. Okay. And we settled on bars. Uh, for the interim to be able to introduce our concepts to, to understand product market fit sure. uh, and get the chocolate out there to start. And then we've got a lot of ideas on flavors and different sizes uh, to to work on in the future. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, did you have a sense for what consumer you were targeting you know, with this product? Or was it like, this is something we want, we, we know there's a need? Like, what did, How did you sort through that? Yeah, so starting off as an individual who loves the chocolate myself and needs this type of snack because I'm what's called a super snacker. <laughs> I just saw some recent, recent. Uh, Is that research. a thing? I mean, uh, I should know that. Is a, that a thing? It's a thing. It's <laughs> oh my a thing god! Sweets and snacks this past year. Yeah, the, um, the show there was, was great. A stat shared. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 18% of the country is considered a super snacker. snacker. And a super right. snacker is somebody that snacks four to five times a day. Wow. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. And by the Which way, is, the, you just yeah. mentioned a really cool show. For those that are it, entering the food and beverage space, uh, su- the Sweets and Snacks show is one of the best for seeing some of the new up-and-coming brands. But yeah, please continue. The Super Snacker, got it. Yes, Super Snacker <laughs> is is kind of who we're going after. And we're breaking it into a couple of different demographics. So the three primary demographics that we uh, believe are our customer today yep. uh, is what we're calling the first one is is Mindful Mothers. So mothers who like to snack personally and want the healthier option, the option without sugar, but also when they snack, they feel better giving their children an option that also doesn't have sugar in it and their children can enjoy chocolate and not feel bad giving it, you know, a Hershey's bar, for example, which has 25 grams of sugar in it um, to their child who's going to, you know, go on a rampage and have a, have a sugar crash shortly thereafter. Sure. Um, This way they can give their child a chocolate bar. And it'll taste great, and it doesn't have any of the sugar in it. Wow, I love that. Um, yeah. How did you guys come up with the name Nebula? I mean, I love the space theme and all. Was that part of the video gaming? And you're like, you know, let's just call it like the we're it's playing Star Trek, and we're going into the Nebula. Yeah, uh, in a sense, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, we we were gamers at the time. We were playing a lot of Call of Duty. We have played oh, uh, nice. Halo okay. in the past. Uh, but but truthfully, the the concept came originally because we wanted to be on Cloud Nine when we were eating these snacks, right? Got so it. Cloud nine, that's where it originated. Cloud Got nine it. is the concept of, right, you're, you're on cloud nine when you're experiencing something amazing. Uh, so we, what we wanted is you take a bite of the chocolate and you're on cloud nine. But as many others will tell you, once you find a name that you really like and you go to Google domain, <laughs> it's hard to find it available. You go to, yeah. Everything related to cloud nine is gone. Yeah. Nothing close no is available. So, uh, it took me a couple of weeks afterwards of being frustrated with not being able to find anything, but I, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movie series. Yeah. And one night I was watching uh, one of the Avengers movies and there's a character in the, in the series called Nebula. Her name is Nebula. Got I'm it. Like, Wait, a Nebula is a cloud in space, right? It's a supernova star, which is a cloud of totally. gases and molecules that build up kind of that beautiful vibe of a Nebula. 
uh, in space. And then it hit me. I was like, okay, wow, here's what we, here's what we have. Our initial concept was a snack that doesn't weigh you down with harmful ingredients like sugar or artificial ingredients. And a nebula is weightless because it's in space, no gravity. So we really loved that when it clicked right in and decided to name the company Nebula Snacks. Dude, I love Snacks that. that won't weigh you down. And I love yep. I love the Marvel movies, by the way. Um, for those who don't know Nebula, fictional character, originally depicted as a supervillain, but later depicted as an anti-hero and member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, very, very cool. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, back to your food story, though. So, um, you figure out the product, you figure out, like, what about packaging, labeling, like all of that? Who did who, did you have to get help with that? Was it your co-packer that helped you like barcodes and things like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a lot of research on what we needed to do to put, to put together the packaging ourselves, right? It's just myself and my co-founder. So, we ended up on Google for, for days at a time, figuring out what are all the requirements, Interesting. what we need. Dude, I love it. Yeah. Um, and we ultimately decided to make a call on packaging early on uh, to uh, to have environmentally friendly packaging as well. So we made Very the nice. investment up front. It is costlier, but the wrappers, we wanted to you know make them compostable or as close to compostable as possible. The inserts in the boxes and, and the boxes themselves. So we ended up sure. on the route of finding eco-conscious packaging providers in the space ending up right having a lot of conversations with you know you you name it uh companies out there and found a a great partner um and i'm happy to share their name it's AccuLink, um and tom there has been absolutely a a wonder to work with uh and we use this really cool hp mosaic printing on their bio-based right cellulite film um that is a compostable wrapper um, but what's really cool is that this partner allowed us to do something incredibly unique where every individual wrapper is different. Interesting. Uh, we wow. took this gigantic picture of the Milky Way galaxy and cut it to reflect just all different shapes and sizes and stars on the backgrounds of the of the print. And then we print our uh, information on top, just nebula, chocolate, right? Sugar-free, plant-based, environmentally conscious. And uh, every wrapper is now unique. When you open up a box, you can get, you know, different variations of the blue for the oat milk and different variations of the purple and pink for the dark chocolate. Yeah, I love the packaging. It's very, very cool. Um, Nebula Snacks, sugar-free vegan chocolate. Um, Very, very cool. You can go to nebulasnacks.com. Yeah, dark chocolate box. There's the oat milk chocolate box. Um, How did you decide on these flavors? And then how do you think about future flavors? Yeah, so... Uh, we wanted to start with base flavors. That's why we we started here. And we're also bootstrapped, right? So we didn't have uh, a massive reserve of cash to put into research and development. So originally, I would have loved to have started with four SKUs. Um, but with the money that we had allocated to the business to start it, we were able to get two that allowed us to go for you know forward with a manufacturing run, get the packaging for those two. Uh, and onwards. So Got it. we started with two to, to get the confirmation that this is a product that's that's worthwhile. But our plan for future flavors, uh, we're, we're incredibly excited about. We actually recently polled our customers on what are the flavors that you're most interested in seeing in the future, because that's where we'll start on any you know future flavor is from the customer. What do sure. you want to see? 
because I know what I want to see. I want to see a lot of fun, uh, but it's not you know as important for me to make that call. I want to know what the customer is interested in seeing. So we've played around with the idea of sea salt caramel, Ooh, um, you know, a sugar-free awesome. sea salt caramel with a brownie batter, with a quinoa crunch bar, uh, with a raspberry dark chocolate bar, wow. so on and so forth. Very so we're cool. we're we're playing around a lot in the kitchen right now, and we're we're waiting to move forward with some official R and D. Um, but those are the plans for the future. Um, I love it. And then what we're also thinking about from a product standpoint is Nebula Snacks uh, is a snacking company. It's not you know for, uh, only a chocolate company. So that'll be very much in the long term. But right now we're focusing on chocolate. Long term, we want to make all sorts of snacks because I love chocolate, but there are so many other snacks that I choose on totally. a daily basis as as a super snacker. You a can't have chocolate snacker. five times a day. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, so route to market, you're selling on your website, for, uh, which is great. Need to see. What about e-commerce? What about retail stores? How are you thinking about getting the word out and getting, um, I'd say, market presence? Yeah. Right now, we're, we're 100% available online on our website and Amazon. Um, but I'll also say that we can't ship at the exact moment right now because it's summer. So uh, chocolate will melt in transit. And that's been an oh, incredible difficulty for us the last couple of months. So the entire is site is actually on pre-order right now. Yeah. That's interesting. So how did you figure out that that was a problem? How long into the the process were you like getting calls or emails from people saying it's melted? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was a problem that we knew was coming once we committed to chocolate. We, yep. we understood that the summer is going to be a tough time for us to ship. And there are options out there like insulated packaging and freezer packs that you can put in the boxes. Oh, but that's so expensive, but man. For, it's so expensive. For two reasons. One, it's so incredibly expensive and we're a bootstrap company. We need yeah. to have some sort of margin in order to produce our next runs. Uh, and then two, it's not environmentally friendly. And that was a commitment right. that we decided to all that packaging goes in the, the trash. All that, tra- all that packaging trash. immediately yeah. goes into the trash. Yep. It doesn't get reused. It gets no. soaked with the, with the melted freezer packs and yes. it, it can't, it can't, you know, end up uh, being reused, which is not something that we want to happen with our packaging because right. We want to be better for humans with our ingredients, but we also have a responsibility and businesses in general, you know, have a responsibility yeah. to be better for the earth. Better totally for our agree. planet. Totally agreed. I love that. Um, you had a background in marketing. How are you using that to get the word out about your brand? Yes. So the, the interesting part about my job at Facebook and TikTok was I was working with uh, generally companies in their later stages of growth. So they had funding, they had cash flow, they were able to spend a lot on social media. It's been interesting transitioning into this role. To be honest, it's it's brand new working with a very, very bootstrap budget, not to the levels that I was used to working with on social media. So a lot of what I'm doing is trying to be hacky and run very small targeted campaigns on Facebook. I was running a little bit on TikTok earlier this year to see if we can generate and find some sweet spots. Uh, so running some basic you know, targeted campaigns uh, on the platforms to support website traffic and get the word out there. But truly, a lot of what we're trying to do is take advantage of the organic opportunity on social. Uh, particularly TikTok and now Instagram Reels. Very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, that's you're hearing more and more of that now in terms of getting the word out about new brands. Hey, one of the things, David, you know, in terms of thinking about your product, you're addressing kind of a need in the marketplace, right? And and you talk about eating <laughs> the gaming experience of eating lots of chocolate and and lots of chocolate, and a lot of calories. But talk about some of the stats and facts around this industry space that led you to think about product. 
Yeah. I mean, what it first came down to when we were thinking about what are the value props that we want for the, the product itself is removing the sugar because there is a massive sugar problem in the U.S. The American Heart Association recommends a maximum daily intake of 36 grams of sugar, of added sugar for men and 25 grams of added sugar for uh, a woman on a daily basis. And now the average American child, let's start with children, the average American child consumes 81 grams of sugar daily. And the average American adult consumes 77 grams of sugar daily. So we are well above the recommended average intake by the American Heart Association. And that means that sugar is one of those primary drivers of weight gain, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease, which is the number one killer in the U.S. We talk about right buying cheaper foods, but in the long run, it's the more expensive route because you're going to end up right in an unhealthy manner and right rack up those medical bills and particularly diabetes is a big issue we were talking about uh, like our target customer and we talked about mindful mothers we also are talking about the diligent diabetic the diabetic individual who wants to cut out sugar or have things that doesn't raise uh, that won't raise their blood sugar so 95 percent of people with diabetes in the u.s are type 2 diabetes which means that they got diabetes uh, later on in life as a result of their diet or, or et cetera, uh, or, or just blood in general, and it's preventable and reversible. So if we can lower the amount of sugar, particularly that 81 grams of sugar uh, for children and the 77 for, for adults, then we can help reduce the amount of individuals that are diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, right now, there's 96 million people in the US that are pre-diabetic. That means they're either close or right verging on becoming diagnosed as type 2 diabetic. Wow. Unbelievable. And what great stats. I, I don't know that I would have known all of those things. I'm sure our listeners didn't either. And um, it it, it, it kind of helps validate like also some purpose behind your product, which I think is really, really cool. Um, before we go, I, I'd love to ask our uh, guests some of their biggest lessons learned, some of the biggest like things you, you've, you've learned or you found in launching the business. How about you share a couple of those with me? I know you just mentioned one a few minutes ago around chocolate melting and, and shipping, but share with us maybe one or two others. Yeah. Um, oof. Take your time. Make sure that the that the product tastes great because if you don't love your product, then you're not going to succeed. That's <laughs> it. That's seems so one. basic, but <laughs> it, it's, it's so basic. I'd say. I mean, my first test run in the kitchen tasted horrible. It did not taste good. But I'll tell you, my reaction when I ate it, I was like, "Oh, it's not that bad." Right. Because I was so excited about the opportunity of selling something. I was like, people totally. would be okay with the aftertaste in this chocolate. And I justified it in my head quickly. Don't do that. Right. Wait until you Don't get the be product okay. right. Make we don't sure be okay. it's delicious. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I came around um, and did test after test after test. And really, that's the, one of the most important things when it comes to um, right, uh, sugar-free products is removing the aftertaste when you uh, use uh, other ingredients to sweeten the product. Um there are so many products out there on the market that just leave that taste in your mouth. And that was something I really did not want uh, after tasting my first couple of rounds. So number one, right, make sure it tastes great and that you absolutely love it because uh, that is that is the most important thing in this world. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. The um, other thing yeah. I'll say is, is uh, a lesson learned because uh, from my background, I was working with a lot of uh, very established companies and seeing how they operated. So I was right trying to emulate their positioning from a company that's been around for three to five years and their branding. 
rather than being hyper personalized and telling the story from a uh, from a starter from a bootstrap standpoint. Um, so my goal and recommendation is don't try to do too much and pretend that you're that you're somebody else when you are in fact a startup trying to get out there. Do the things that aren't scalable. Do the things yourself and uh, focus on talking to the customer as much as possible. And I love that. That's awesome advice. Um, really cool product. Love uh, your story thus far. I mean, I, you're still early days. Like I love to say, like you've got some good runway and stretch and growth in front of you. You're going to have to come back on and, and share with us more as you get the brand out there. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, connect with the brand, etc. Yeah. Uh, you can find Nebula at nebulasnacks.com. Uh, that's our primary place. We are also available on Amazon, but I would recommend you go to the site because you get 20% off, which you don't on Amazon. Um, if you want to connect with me, add me on LinkedIn, uh, just David Jakobowitz. Uh, you'll see me. It says co-founder Nebula Snacks. Um, happy to chat with you know anybody who wants to learn more about the product and, and our goal and our mission to reduce added sugars and make snacks don't weigh you down. Dude, I love that. And I love your tagline. Um, so great having you on the show, David. Uh, thank you for making the time. Look forward to having you back on and excited for where you guys are headed. Appreciate it, Justin. Thank you so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.